Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chapter 27 of The Paradise Mystery. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit... LibriVox.org. Reading by Kristen Hughes. The Paradise Mystery by J. S. Fletcher. Chapter 27 The Guarded Secret. When Bryce had left her, Mary Bury had gone into the house to await Ransford's return from town. She meant to tell him of all that Bryce had said, and to beg him to take immediate steps to set matters right. Not only that he himself might be cleared of suspicion, but that Bryce's intrigues might be brought to an end. She had some hope that Ransford would bring back satisfactory news. She knew that his hurried visit to London had some connection with these affairs, and she also remembered what he had said on the previous night. And so, controlling her anger at Bryce and her impatience of the whole situation, she waited as patiently as she could until the time drew near when Ransford might be expected to be seen coming across the close. She knew from which direction he would come, and she remained near the dining-room window, looking out for him. But six o'clock came, and she had seen no sign of him. Then, as she was beginning to think that he had missed the afternoon train, she saw him, at the opposite side of the close, talking earnestly to Dick, who presently came towards the house, while Ransford turned back into Folliot's garden. Dick Bury came in. His sister saw at once that he had just heard news, which had had a sobering effect on his usual effervescent spirits. He looked at her, as if he wondered exactly how to give her his message. "'I saw you with the doctor just now,' she said, using the term by which she and her brother always spoke of their guardian. "'Why hasn't he come home?' Dick came close to her, touching her arm. "'I say,' he said, almost whispering, "'don't be frightened. The doctor's all right. But there's something awful just happened, at Folliot's. What? she demanded. Speak out, Dick. I'm not frightened. What is it? Dick shook his head, as if he still scarcely realized the full significance of his news. It's all a liquor to me yet, he answered. I don't understand it. I only know what the doctor told me, to come and tell you. Look here, it's pretty bad. Folliot and Bryce are both dead. In spite of herself, Mary started back as from a great shock, and clutched at the table by which they were standing. Dead! she exclaimed. Why, Bryce was here, speaking to me, not an hour ago. 
"'Maybe,' said Dick. "'But he's dead now. The fact is, Folliot shot him with a revolver, killed him on the spot. And then Folliot poisoned himself, took the same stuff, the doctor said, that finished that chap Collishaw, and died instantly. It was in Folliot's old well-house. The doctor was there, and the police.' "'What does it all mean?' asked Mary. "'Don't know, except this,' added Dick. "'They've found out about those other affairs, the Braden and the Collishaw affairs. Folliot was concerned in them. And who do you think the other was? You'd never guess. That man Fladgate, the verger. Only that isn't his proper name at all. He and Folliot finished Braden and Collishaw, anyway. The police have got Fladgate, and Folliot shot Bryce and killed himself.' just when they were going to take him. "'The doctor told you all this?' asked Mary. "'Yes,' replied Dick. "'Just that, and no more. He called me in as I was passing Folliot's door. He's coming over as soon as he can. Whew! I say, won't there be some fine talk in the town? Anyway, things'll be cleared up now. What did Bryce want here?' "'Never mind. I can't talk of it now,' answered Mary. She was already thinking of how Bryce had stood before her, active and alive, only an hour earlier. She was thinking, too, of her warning to him. "'It's all too dreadful, too awful to understand.' "'Here's the doctor coming now,' said Dick, turning to the window. "'He'll tell more.' Mary looked anxiously at Ransford as he came hastening in. He looked like a man who has just gone through a crisis, and yet— she was somehow conscious that there was a certain atmosphere of relief about him, as though some great weight had suddenly been lifted. He closed the door and looked straight at her. "'Dick has told you?' he asked. "'All that you told me,' said Dick. Ransford pulled off his gloves, and flung them on the table with something of a gesture of weariness. And at that Mary hastened to speak. "'Don't tell any more.' "'Don't say anything until you feel able,' she said. "'You're tired.' "'No,' answered Ransford. "'I'd rather say what I have to say now, just now. "'I've wanted to tell both of you what all this was, what it meant, everything about it. "'And until today, until within the last few hours, it was impossible. "'Because I didn't know everything. "'Now I do. "'I even know more than I did an hour ago. "'Let me tell you now, and have done with it. "'Sit down there, both of you, and listen.' He pointed to a sofa near the hearth, and the brother and sister sat down, looking at him wonderingly. Instead of sitting down himself, he leaned against the edge of the table, looking down at them. "'I shall have to tell you some sad things,' he said diffidently. "'The only consolation is that it's all over now, and certain matters are, or can be, cleared, and you'll have no more secrets.' "'Nor shall I. I've had to keep this one jealously guarded for seventeen years, and I never thought it could be released as it has been, in this miserable and terrible fashion. But that's done now, and nothing can help it. And now, to make everything plain, just prepare yourselves to hear something that, at first, sounds very trying. The man, whom you've heard of as John Braden, who came to his death, by accident, as I now firmly believe, there, in paradise, was, in reality, John Brake, your father. 
Ransford looked at his two listeners anxiously as he told this, but he met no sign of undue surprise or emotion. Dick looked down at his toes with a little frown, as if he were trying to puzzle something out. Mary continued to watch Ransford with steady eyes. "'Your father, John Brake,' repeated Ransford, breathing more freely now that he had got the worst news out. "'I must go back to the beginning to make things clear to you about him and your mother. He was a close friend of mine when we were young men in London. He a bank manager, I just beginning my work. We used to spend our holidays together in Leicestershire. There we met your mother.' whose name was Mary Bury. He married her. I was his best man. They went to live in London, and from that time I did not see so much of them, only now and then. During those first years of his married life, Brake made the acquaintance of a man who came from the same part of Leicestershire that we had met your mother in, a man named Falkner Ray. I may as well tell you that Falkner Ray and Stephen Folliot were one and the same person. Ransford paused, observing that Mary wished to ask a question. "'How long have you known that?' she asked. "'Not until today,' repeated Ransford promptly. "'Never had the ghost of a notion of it. "'If I had only known, but I hadn't. "'However, to go back, this man Ray, who appears always to have been a perfect master of plausibility, "'able to twist people round his little finger,' "'somehow got into close touch with your father about financial matters. "'Ray was, at that time, a sort of financial agent in London, "'engaging in various doings which, I should imagine, "'were in the nature of gambles. "'He was assisted in these by a man who was either a partner with him "'or a very confidential clerk or agent. "'One Flood, who is identical with the man you have known lately as Fladgate, the verger. "'Between them—' These two appear to have cajoled or persuaded your father at times to do very foolish and injudicious things which were, to put it briefly and plainly, the lendings of various sums of money as short loans for their transactions. For some time they invariably kept their word to him, and the advances were always repaid promptly. But eventually— With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to— has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.